Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore in the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers over at Blizzard Watch, and I've got both of my wonderful co-hosts with me today. First up, he's not a lore columnist, he's a shaman specialist, but hey, he knows a lot about lore, and that would be Joe Perez. Hey, Joe. Well, hey there. How's, How's it going, it go- guys? <laughs> I was going to ask you. <laughs> That's okay. It's going good. <laughs> anyway, how are you doing? Uh, well, dealing with a, a sick cat, but otherwise okay. Aw, poor kitty. Yeah, she's she's being picky. Oh, well, So she's a cat. <laughs> That's what they well, are by nature. It's true. But we're, we're hoping that after an expensive vet trip that blood work comes back negative and everything will be okay because, yeah, I like my pets. They're, yeah. they're sort of my babies. Yeah, understandable. Also with us, we've got our other lore-focused columnist over at Blizzard Watch, and that would be Mad Rossi. Hey, Rossi. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Mm, I guess. I don't know. Noises. I, I, noises. <laughs> I spent this morning uh, trying to clean up my office because I'm working on a project, and it's really hard to work on a big project when your office is a mess. Yeah. Like I just, And so I was cleaning up and a ton of recycling and all that, and uh, halfway through, my cat got in, the cat who until recently was the my Skype avatar, and uh, he's up on the bookshelf, and I didn't see him right away. Oops. And then, like, I was getting up to do something, and I had a couple bags of recycling on me, and he leapt off onto my shoulders. Oops. And you know how they use their claws to get purchase? Because yeah. they didn't quite get a good jump. So, yeah, suddenly I had this clawing thing right on my shoulder, and I was like, hello, Sasquatch. And uh, so, yeah, that was that was just before the show. Yeah, so, he's, yeah. he's not a little baby anymore, either. He's a big boy, isn't he? He's uh, Yeah, he's like six this year. This yeah. is his sixth year. So yeah, he's a uh, he. You know, he he has a, a like an inspiring story of overcoming the odds and all that. But I don't think we have time because we have like World of Warcraft stuff to talk about. But yeah, he's we he's have my more stuff to talk about. Um, this week, well, we didn't get to all the emails last week because we were talking about other stuff. So we did carry some of those over. But first off, uh, and this might take the majority of the show. I'm not sure. We had this really good comment over in Discord and. I wanted to talk about it because it reminded me of some other things that we had been talking about previously. Um, So we're going to be talking about the Naru and the Light and the Void, just so people are kind of aware of what we're discussing. Um, We may be getting to some emails towards the end of the show here, but for now, well, let's just go ahead and read the comment. This is from Mr. J on Discord, who says, I've been listening to the Lore Watch podcast when they discuss Zira and why she didn't mention the Naru void phase to the Army of the Light, and an idea struck me. What if Zira doesn't have a void phase? If the Naru were formed by natural light coming together, it would make sense for them to have a void phase, since day and night are as a thing. But if Zira was built a la Odin's Stormforged, or even her own Lightforged, maybe she wasn't given a void phase by Elune, considering her prophecies to Illidan had him be her Lightforged champion against the Void. How can you fight the Void if your life cycle includes becoming Void? Or is this explored elsewhere? I thought that this was kind of a fascinating concept, that maybe a Prime Naru doesn't have a Void life cycle. Now, mind you, Zira... We all know what happened to Zira. She got shattered into little chandelier pieces. And then we vacuumed. We hoovered up some of those pieces. And we took them down (laughs) into our ship and said, here, put them in this machine. Om nom nom. It'll make our weapons cooler. And that's what happened to Zira. (laughs) Now that I think about it, that's really kind of an ignoble end (laughs) to... (laughs) the creature like that it's like Velen said a few words and we went at it with a dust buster and then took the bits and put them in the chomp chomp machine um however it is kind of curious because in the uh novella oh my gosh what was the novella a thousand years of war thank you i'm thinking myself again i do that sometimes anyway in a thousand years of war she's really adamant that the void is something that you do not truck with. Zira is. Uh, to the point where she has Alaria thrown into an imprisonment. There's like talk of... Well, any talk of it at all actually is just actively and openly turned away, shoved aside. Don't even talk about that. Don't breathe about that in Zira's direction because she will have your head. In as much as Anaru could have your head. So what do you guys think about this? Do you think... I mean, she's a Naru Prime. Does that... 
delineate her as something special above and beyond just being one of the first Naru? Does, do you think that she has a void face? Uh, I actually had a theory a while back, and I, this is just me blue-skying. I don't have any reason to believe that this is true. But we're told repeatedly that the void cycle is part of the natural life cycle of a Naru, right? Like, we're told that this is, like, just what happens. Yeah. It, it isn't, like, it doesn't happen very often, but when they get to a certain point, they go into this phase and they regenerate. What happens to Wanaru that doesn't do it? Like, if a human being doesn't sleep, we go insane. Like, we suffer through, like, the first symptoms are, like, you know, basically like alcohol and poisoning. You start slurring your speech. You, you can't operate as well. You get past that. You start going into a manic phase. If The longer you go without sleep, the worse it becomes. And eventually it will kill you. And it will drive you crazy before it kills you. What if you fight that cycle? What if you've decided the void is so malevolent that you won't allow yourself to enter into it? Like maybe Zara was just playing crazy. Like by I mean, no trash. I, I don't know. I don't know if the, she just didn't have one. I don't know if she was built or what. We don't even know where the Naru come from. Like our, we, we know vaguely there there's something with the order, ordering were, of the universe. Yeah, but we yeah. don't know. But this was like a book that Cadgar found in Karazhan, and who knows how yeah. truthful that actually was. Plus, for sure. that matter, it's not like that book tells us much of anything. Even if you take everything that we're told like on face value, what does it mean? We don't know. We, we don't we, know what happened. We don't know what the exact relationship between uh, Elun and, and Zera is. So. See, for, for me, I think the biggest part is we don't know what triggers the void cycle. And that's that's like the biggest missing piece. Because, like, yeah, we could say that she's maybe willfully not entering into that void phase. Um, but we know that that is something that happens. I mean, look at Lu- Lura, Lura. I mean, Lura, the the other Naru who stayed behind in order for the Janai to sort of escape Argus in the first place, um, she, she falls to a void cycle. But what triggered it? Was it the expenditure of light energy? Was it being cut off from the light? Like, or is it just something that, you know, she just got so exhausted and fell into it. Here's and that's always, thing, though, too, like to, to go on what you just said, Joe, Lura went into a void cycle. What, what do we know about other Naru who've gone into a void cycle? Like, Dore. Dore died mm-hmm. and went into the void cycle. Uh, what's, uh, I can't remember his name, Muru. When Muru got drained by the blood elves, he went into the void cycle. Yeah. So we don't know, but what if no. that's the reason Zera died? Like when, when Illidan hit her, he, she died. She didn't go into a void cycle that we know of, but mm-hmm. they put her in the Netherlight Crucible, and what did we start doing with her? Drawing upon light. the light and yep. the shadow. Not just the light. They were drawing on shadow energy, too. Yeah, but For the shadow know, was from Lura. It wasn't... It was yeah, like it was you, take, you take Zira, you put Zira in the light side, and you put Lura in the dark side. None of this well, sounds great know, when you think about the fact that this Forge <laughs> thing is being fueled by the corpse of divine creatures or creatures... Here's what I'm that getting the, at, though. For, yeah. all we know, for all we know, one or both of those Naru is going to come out of that thing. And potentially as a Void Lord. Yeah, like we, we don't we have understand no idea. That. We don't know what we've done. No, now you know? Muru Muru was what I was using as sort of like an idea or an example because we know that Muru was was drained, and that's where I was going to go. So I'm very happy you brought that up because with the light being drained from Muru by the Blood Elves, that forced them into that void cycle. What if Zara isn't crazy? What if Zara doesn't have to go? into that cycle as readily as the others because she has access to for lack of a better term more energy in that battery which is why again we can hoover her pieces up and use her as part of that component right like what if she just has enough on tap that she hasn't had to go into that cycle yet like and we know that the naru are aware of others falling to void and it's not something she ever says not just about herself, but any Naru to the Army of Light. So it makes me think that she, it's not even like a concern for her. She's not worried that that's going to happen to her because she's got too much in the tank. There's also another weird thing to think about. Um, part of this is a, is a warlord's thing, so it, it, I don't know if it crosses over or not. But okay. it, it, are, are, we, are we talking like... Darkstar. Oh, yeah. Okay, we can talk about that. Yeah, warlords, not you know, not spoilers. Um, 
the Dark Star, when, when, you, when you go to Karabor uh, and uh, Kara, the, the one who was ejected from the Genadar and became the Dark Star, um, gets redeemed by the sacrifice of that universe's Velen. Uh, he gives himself over to the light, and as a result, Kara is reborn. Uh, that's going to have repercussions, because they have a Naru we don't. We don't know what happened to our Kara. Like, we never saw her. The whole time we were in Shadow Moon Valley, she never came up. Nobody ever said, hey, look at that dark star up in the sky. Like, no, we, because you know, the whole place know, had been fell-riddled in Draenor, yeah, wasn't but, even Draenor at that we point. Do know, we do know that our universe's version of the Dark Star did exist because it's still mentioned in Chronicle 2 when talking about so, how uh, the uh, Shadow Moon got to be who they are. I just had a really fun thought. Okay. Oh, no. Right. This is such a good thought. Um, Do you guys remember how the Ashbringer came to be? Mm-hmm, yeah. It was a chunk of void rock that one of the dudes the 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 dudes from the alliance armies found on an orc warlock and he brought it back and then they fed it full of light enough that it became supercharged with light energy and then they took that chunk and they made a sword out of it what if uh that dark chunk was one of the pieces of kara i mean it, it would make sense it would from, fit in from with our the fact reality that like because yeah. outland Keep in mind that Draenor, in our reality, Draenor was like shattered and kind of blown asunder and into the twisting nether. And maybe the Dark Star went right along with it. And this was just a piece of an asteroid. Well, for that matter, Necrolites were made by Gul'dan. Mm -hmm. Gul'dan served under uh, Ner'zhul before he, you know, broke free and, you know, basically turned them over to the Legion. He turned out he was a sleeper agent. Yeah. Ner'zhul is the one who is the head of the Shadow Moon, who were the ones that were like basically tempted to dabble in the power of the Dark Star. In our reality, Ner'zhul didn't do it because his wife, you know, died and he was mournful. Uh, in the Draenor reality, the Iron Horde basically showed up and said, "Give us power, or we're going to kill you." That reality's Ner'zhul tapped into the power of the Dark Star, um, and which is why he had all that shadow magic stuff going on, and that's why his wife left him in that reality. Uh, seems like poor Nerzul can't ke- catch a break with his rea- just, his relationships. But I, yeah, I was just thinking about it because when we were talking about it, I was thinking about Kara and how Kara came back to light, as it were, and it took Velen like giving her everything he had, and that's a prophet. There is that's something you want prophet yeah. with however many thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years of experience with the light funneling himself into this creature and it redeemed her whole and then I that made me think of that little scene in South Shore if you go and you play through um, oh what's that instance in the Caverns of Time Old Hillsbrad if you go through Old Hillsbrad you can see that scene play out you go to South Shore um, it'll play out in front of you you'll see all these paladins suddenly just start like siphoning the light into this chunk of rock and eventually it goes golden um and it well, made I mean, me think of that, and then I'm like, wait, what if this is the same thing? Like, what if this is the same thing? <laughs> you know what you just made me think of, though? What? The thing you wanted to possibly talk about, but you wanted to put a spoiler warning before it first? Okay, um, let's shelve that till a little bit later. We okay, are gonna, but we're, we're, I'm going to try gonna and remember talk, it. We will talk about that a little bit later. Like, just make a mental note of it, because I have something else I wanted to ask you about. Um, and this kind of directly ties into the conversations that we were having last time we recorded. The whole idea of Zira not having a void phase. Um, she's a Naru Prime, so she's like the first, right? First Naru? One of the first. Okay. Yeah, they, they, they make a point of her being one of the first. There's, yeah. there's heavy implications that Adal is also a Prime Naru. Yeah, okay. she uh, Adal is, is oftentimes linked as like a contemporary. Okay. Um. Do you remember when we were talking about Diablo lore and we were talking about Anu? Mm-hmm. And how Anu was this creature that was both light and dark, and then he siphoned away all of the darkness and became this creature and, like, shattered everything and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Is it just me, or are there maybe potential parallels here between Anu and the Naru? Oh, there absolutely are. We've, yeah, I, think, cer- I think yeah. Rossi's brought that up before in the past, where, like, the ordering of the universe, or the birth of the universe in WoW is, there's a lot of parallels between that and Anu. So if we yeah. consider the fact that 
Zira doesn't have a void phase. Maybe it's not that she wasn't created with a void phase. It was because she excised that part of her. Maybe all of the Naru Prime did that. Well, for that matter, I mean, there's another possibility. Naru were creatures of light, but the light forging process that they use on their soldiers changes their soldiers. What if she light forged yeah, herself? Yeah, because like, well, Turalyon, he went all golden and glowy, and he lives for much, much longer than he probably should now. Although, I don't know, with Zira gone, all that golden light faded from his eyes when Zira died. Yeah, but there's, died. they say he's, they still have light forged. The other yeah. light forged are still light forged, and he supposedly is still light forged. He says so, like yeah. when you're talking to him. Yeah. So, I don't know. But if she put herself through the process first, I mean, what we don't know what light forging is exactly. Even if you, do, you go and do the thing with Tapartos... It doesn't ever explain, okay, this is how this works. We're infusing you with light from this. You know, they just, you run through a weird, surreal mind game. What if? And you basically face the evil in yourself and overcome it. Did, did she do that? And did it make her so certain that she became fanatical because she no longer ever had any question well, that what she was doing was good? What if? I mean, think what, about it. What if you take it in a different direction a little bit? So let's, let's take it in the idea of. A, the Naru Prime being in, incapable, that, that entire generation of Naru, incapable of falling to void. Let's say that's not built into them because let's say there was that great, great big shattering of the universe and then light went one way, shadow went the other way, and those two don't talk to each other. They don't, they don't have any linkage, and Naru Prime are the exemption. Now, the Naru that we've interacted with throughout the entirety of our game world and everything else have not been primes, at least not that we know of. And what if they've, for lack of a better term, the Naru first try to self-replicate, where they try to order light into other beings to sort of create more warriors of the light. And those were imperfect creations because they were created in this sort of universe that naturally had all of these forces acting upon it. And that light forging was sort of this weird logical step where it's like, I can't forge light to be pure but I can reconfigure things that were born out of, you know, let's say Titan material and infuse it with the light and keep it from having that same dark cycle because there's something else sort of keeping it at bay. And do I'm wondering if that's something if, like that. Do we actually know if Draenei are made out of anything based on Titans? Well, we can only so. assume, but we can only assume that there's some linkage there because if they were born on, 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 you know, Argus and there's a world soul inside of Argus and we make the assumption that there's always been a world soul inside of Argus because we don't know about that, then anything that naturally occurs from that planet is kind of technically part of what that shell is that that's yeah, but touched that's, by a Titan, we, We've right? had that distinction between Titan forged and naturally occurring Azerothian beings for a long time. Sure, but so, I'm not saying Titan forged. I'm saying like it's because they're crafted from that shell. Right, they sprung their life sprang They're from, from that a shell Titan world and not just a chunk exactly. of rock. Exactly. Yeah. Here's exactly. a question: What about beings like orcs? We know that you know there's certainly stuff about orcs that could come up in this discussion, and we know that orcs are from a world that didn't have a Titan soul, but which a Titan came to and changed. Does that make them suitable? Possibly, or, and that's the other I, thing. I don't, I don't, I'm going to be upfront. I see no reason to assume there's any linkage between the Naru and the Titans. I've yet to see a single thing. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that 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 Naru were created yeah, by Titans. Yeah. No, I'm not saying I'm you saying, are. You're saying that they they can use the light forging principle on things made by Titans. I'm saying I don't see any reason why there should be that limitation. Just because a being is or isn't sure. from a Titan, why would that matter? And for that matter, there's the other thing to think about, which is along the same lines of what you're saying. If we go with the assumption that a I, there's no reason to assume hold that up, a prime hold up, Rossi. let 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 Joe finish what he was saying, okay? Well, no, I understand what you're saying, and the idea is maybe not necessarily that it, it has anything to do with the Titan, but it's the idea that you know it's this biological entity that has this natural resistance to void in general, right? Like as we do, we're not we're not ultimately consumed by it immediately, and it makes us more suitable for that process. That's what I'm trying to get at, and I'm saying that like. The origins of those races, like if you look at the ones that are Lightforged, they're they're all Draenei except for, you know, one human, really, at this point. So why is it only them? Is it just because that's what she had or is that because there's a specific reason for that? And then 
why was this one human capable of doing so beyond just his connection to the light? Is there another reason? But like I'm saying, as I'm thinking that the light forge process in general is the evolution of a failed process that the Naru prime tried previously by forging just pure light into other Naru and them having that light dark cycle. And because that process was imperfect, it was sort of like a flaw with that system. That's their curse of flesh. Here's the thing. I don't granted Velen doesn't know everything. That's a fair statement. Velen doesn't know everything. However, Velen didn't seem to think that she had no light dark cycle. When when he brought it up, he he didn't seem like to think well, except for Azera. He he straight up was implying that she'd concealed that from him, from uh, Kat, not Cadgar, uh, Teralian. When you go to the seat of the triumvirate, there is there is a specific mention of it. Um, do you guys remember exactly what he says? Because I don't remember exactly what he says. I just remember listening to the conversation. Uh, Teralian said, well, Teralian was shocked by the fact that Laura had gone void. Like, he thought that that was impossible. He was like, but that's the Naru. They're not supposed to do that. And I believe what Velen said was, Zira didn't tell or doesn't. There's doesn't much ta- that Zira didn't tell you. There is right? much that Zira doesn't talk about. It, it was just the implication that there's things this that Zira that, yeah. doesn't tell you. This implies that Velen knows Zera well enough to know that, and he should because it's in it's stated in Chronicle. I think two or three, um, it's stated that he you know actually spent time with her. Um, she was well, there at the very beginning. She was part of that group that rescued the Naru, the Draenei before they split into two different ships, um, the Genadar and the Zenadar. How well did so, Velen know her though? Like how well yeah, did he really know question. her? Because that's a question. I don't were... know the answer to that. And and is he saying that? Is he saying that as somebody who knew Zira very well, or is he saying that as someone who knew Zira and then spent thousands and thousands and thousands of years with other Naru and saw otherwise? Or and what if? And to go back, and I hate to, to beleaguer my point or anything like that, but it's like, but what if that was all part of her plan? Like she wanted them to be light forged at some point anyway. Like we we hope we've talked about this before, where like. The void sees everything and holds everything to be true, whereas the light sees everything and holds one of those things to be the absolute truth. And we're not saying that that Zara is infallible because she's not. And we we clearly know that. But what if she saw a path and this was all part of that long term thing? Like this is where she knew she had to be in order to make the light forge, and she purposely did not tell. You know, Velen, oh, yeah, by the way, we have this light dark cycle. And oops, well, Velen's not been near me for all these thousands of years and has accidentally found out this thing that I never wanted him to know. Because if you're a fanatic trying to make an army of fanatics, you can't show anything other than that path. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? In a way, yeah. Rasa, you were saying something else, too. So go ahead. uh, Well, first off, it still doesn't change the fact that we don't know whether or not she had a light dark cycle. Sure. Without having seen her fall into the dark, I mean, we can only have the the knowledge that we know it's something that other Naru do. We don't know if the Naru, if she was special in that way or yeah, anything. It's very like much that. a what if at this point that we was don't know. By Mr. J yeah. was just what if she doesn't. We we also don't know. The thing that keeps coming back to me is that we don't know the relationship between Alun and the Naru. We know there's seemingly something. There was. It and, was a reference in a book that Cadgar read that he apparently got from the library in Karazhan. But the thing is, is like, that all seems a little bit too pat and contrived almost to me. Yeah, but like, then, as in, I don't know if it's true or not exactly, because why would Medivh have a book with that kind of information when we didn't even know what the Naru were until Burning Crusade? But well, I mean, if, if Medivh is traveling through the multiverse or, you know, guess, through the universe and things like that, I mean... Here, here's the other thing, though, that's weird about all this. We we know enough now to know that there is some kind of connection between the Titans and the Loon. We, we see enough in, in uh, Antorus, uh, especially when you go to the world Elunara, which is apparently some moon yeah. out there somewhere, and you find Eonar hiding out. Um, is Eonar hiding out on her buddy Elune's back porch? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know what the relationship is between them. I, you know, this is the way I said we. There's no real link one way or another between the Titans and the Naru. Um, we don't. There's a lot of stuff that hasn't been explained. For all that we've gotten a ton of stuff dropped on us in Legion, uh, it got dropped on us, and there was no context provided for half of it. There were dark keepers in the Antorus. Why were they there? 
what was in Taurus? We've never actually, we know what Sargeras used it for, but that it predated him. And it, and it has question, all the hallmarks. Though. It has yeah. all the hallmarks of a Titan facility. Yeah, what yeah, was it, it for? It, what did they make it for? Who made it? When did they build it? Like, I mean, I don't mean specifically, obviously it looks like a Titan facility, but did the Titans make it before they went to, to, to Azeroth? How many world souls are there out there where the Titans decided to take a direct hand? We know that they did on Azeroth. Did they do it anywhere else? Presumably, yes, because that was kind of their goal was to go find viable yeah, but remember, world souls and help them come to fruition in one way yeah, or another. Remember that we saw that, that they basically saw that Azeroth was infested and decided, okay, we're going to do this differently than we ever did before. Yeah, and that was while Sargeras was off taking his long sabbatical. Uh, and he was off doing that for we don't know how long before he finally showed up again and decided and to kill everybody. And during that long sabbatical was pretty much when he... Well, no. Okay, I'm trying to Part remember of me... order of events here because they went to Azeroth while while Sargeras was doing his thing. And doing his thing involved forming the Burning Crusade, correct? While they yeah. were working on Azeroth? That's, thought, when he supposedly, I... that's when he supposedly went and he shattered Mardum and he put together the army of demons and all that stuff took forever and he was destroying worlds before the, the titans found out about it after he'd started so did like, i believe he, it was did he go to argus and get the eridar before or after that's after i know it's after mm-hmm. because it's even mentioned uh in was it Carvel, after he after. even destroyed the titan yes it's after okay. the big fight so it was on after azeroth after the big okay all right because he destroyed so, the Titans, and he's like, well, I can't do this by myself. I need help. I need to go find somebody else. Okay. Who do I know All that right. has enough yeah. power? Think juice. about it. Okay. That might be why he knew that the Eridar were there. Well, that's that's he, what I was if, thinking, was like, if this is a world that they went to before and did some stuff to, because obviously they were there doing stuff. I mean, Titan, like, Titan structures don't just build themselves. I mean, another question I have about that, too, is, I, and this is something that I've always wondered, like, we hear about these Titans being these benevolent creatures that sort of like well i use the term benevolent loosely um these cosmic entities that sort of order the cosmos but then nurture these these world souls i've always wondered if at any point in time they tried to tinker with creating one and that's sort of what antorus was because if you are seeing that you you know can get these souls out of out of these worlds and see that some of these worlds are hollow they don't have them like what if you found a way to channel sort of that cosmic energy or you know or I, tried experimenting with it? i'm pretty sure that thousand years of war contradicts you uh that she alaria sees the world soul before the world formed around it she actually sees that so no that's like not what it is. fair enough yeah she but that does kind of lead into the, again the question of what antorus actually is what Argus would have been had he not been put through what he was put through and whether or not there are more out there. And this comes back to me to the Naru to some extent. We don't, these are all these connections we don't have. And one of the connections we don't have is what the Naru are. We still don't know. We know that there might be some connection to a loon, whatever a loon is. We know that they might have been formed in the very beginning of the universe when it was ordered. We don't really know who ordered it. Was well, it the Titans? Be, there, okay, there has to be some kind of connection to Elune. Because the Tear of Elune worked with the Heart of Light. Yeah, but that bipped it back we, when nothing else could bip it back. We don't know what the Tear of Elune is. We don't, you know, That's true. We don't, really, That's we true. don't even know what, like, was it actually made by Elune? Is Elune actually the thing that's responding when the Night Elves pray? Uh, does you know? There's so much going on that we don't know. It, it keeps coming back to these possible connections, but like Joe's talking about, like, what if the Prime Naru doesn't have a void cycle? What if the Prime Naru, what, what if they were made in the ordering of the cosmos when the universe was forged out? Does that they may have been made at the exact same time as something else? Mm-hmm. We've talked before about the old gods versus the the Naru that they are kind of to a certain degree, opposite things. What he, we know that in, in our universe, l- like light actually came first and then the, the shadow, the void became out of the, if you have the pure void, the pure void is what predated light, but light came first and then darkness came around after it. There were eddies in the light and that created darkness that wanted to destroy the light. 
that's in like I think that's in Chronicle One. I want to say so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, well, if there's a primordial void that was injured by the creation of the light and that it sought to use the the eddies of darkness to help destroy it, it's possible the light did it right back. Think about this: what if every old what every old god is a is a creature of darkness? It's a void creation. What if you basically take that and light forge it? Huh. You know that you can you can infuse the light into a into a nathrazim. I mean, heck, I mean, Ashbringer is a great example of just infusing light into the dark anyway. Like, we know that it's possible. You, you supercharged it, and you came out with this thing that was so, so much more powerful than it was before. Like, there's like the reason at, they called it the Ashbringer was because it swathed through the undead and left nothing but ash in its wake. And here's another example. Recently, there's a, if, if you're a priest, I know that, Ian, I know you played a priest. Yeah. Uh, when you reclaim the Netherlight Temple, you have to defeat a void god named Saraku. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And what do you do to defeat him? <laughs> Zap him full of light. Until he turns into in, a she. Into Sara. Yeah, the Naru. So again and again, we see these void entities becoming Naru. Maybe it's not that they have a, vo- a light void life cycle. Maybe they have a void light life cycle. And the reason that if if the prime Naru don't have it... Because they were the thing made to turn the old gods into into Naru in the first place. Like she can light forge things. Okay. What if she light forged an, an old god? That's okay. all. I'm I'm just blue skying here. This is just no, no, no. That's fine. I think though that this is naturally progressing into territory where we do want to talk about spoiler material. So um, I'm going to preface all of this. We are about to start talking about the Maghar allied race stuff. If this is stuff that you haven't seen anything about and you want to avoid it, because this is all Battle for Azeroth stuff, this is where you should probably say goodbye to the show, come back later, after you've seen that stuff or played through it or whatever, and then you can go ahead and posthumously listen to this portion of the show. Um, If you don't care about Battle for Azeroth spoiler material and you just want to hear about what's going on with all of that, um, go ahead and stick around. So this is your last chance. Three, two, one. Okay, uh, there was data mine material about the Maghar orcs. Now, here's what weirded me out about the Maghar, like, to begin with, okay? Uh, they're calling these guys the Maghar, but they aren't the Maghar that we're accustomed to, as in the Maghar that are on Outland, which represents kind of like a mushing together of all of the clans, because Garadar was originally an internment camp, and it took, uh, it took sufferers of the Red Pox from, like, all of the different clans, and they were just shuttled off to Garadar where they could go ahead and heal. They missed out on drinking the whole demon blood thing, so their skin stayed brown. They stayed in an area. Um, they did not fall to the fell corruption. That's why they took the name of Maghar. It meant uncorrupted. That's not who we're dealing with here. Who we're dealing with here are the United Orc clans of... Draenor from that weird little oddball universe split that we visited in Warlords of Draenor. Only instead of being 30 years in the past now, history has caught up. So all of the people that we saw when we were playing Warlords of Draenor are now 30 years older. Some of them are very different. Some of them are no longer alive. Uh, Some of them have changed in fundamental ways. Um, And that includes the Draenei. So, uh, you want to talk about this, Rossi? Well, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. Um, yeah. I'm sure Joe will have things to talk about, too. Uh, one of the things that's interesting to me about all this Let's is that they did... talk about this di- as, it, as it impacts yeah. the light. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They moved it forward 30 years, which is interesting. One of the things that that means is that they the, the Draenei on that world would have been living with an honest-to-God Naru we've never seen. Because they are with Kara. Yeah, mm-hmm. who's floating right over Karabor. Formed with the energies of Velen. Velen's sacrifice, which means Velen's not there to be his Veleny self. Uh, what you have instead is the younger generation of Naru, I mean of Draenei, trying to run their people without Velen's guidance and with a Naru right there. Uh, there's several things we don't know about. Ooh, and one thing to add to that, also after seeing what the powers of Velen Void do... Mm-hmm. Like firsthand, like that—that that has to be mentioned because that, that. Yeah, they—they they not only saw what the powers of Fel and Void can do, they saw the Naru get cleansed. Yep. They know that the dark things can be turned to good with the power of the light. They've seen that when a horrible, malevolent, evil force of orcs 
attacks you, trying to murder you and your children on the steps of your holiest place, the light can save you, and it can drive them back. And it can redeem even their greatest weapon, which was the Dark Star. They were using the Dark Star to kill the, the Draenei. And Velen saved them with the light and, and redeemed the light right in front of them. Boom, now she's on our side. And there's lots of other stuff we don't actually know. One of the things we don't know is... um. In this sliver of reality, world, timeway, whatever, what other Naru are around? And we know for a fact that, um, oh, Kure, I believe. Is Kure the one from uh, Negrand? Kure was the or one. Or is that Oros? Oros? I, no, not Oros. Uh, no, Oros was in the Exodar. Kure is in the remnants of the Gen- Genadar um, that crash landed. What about Dore? Dore died. Uh, He's in the Krypton. He's in. Dore Akin- was in Akundun. So he'd still be in Akundun because they have an Akundun. I don't think that was he in Akundun in Warlord. Because I don't think he was he there. He wasn't. But why would we? We wouldn't go to his crypt to interrupt his regeneration. No, we wouldn't. So technically no speaking, to... he could still be there. We have yeah, no he, confirmation he... either way, but yeah. he could still be there. So we've got just right now. We know of Kara. She's the only one we know of on that world. And keep in mind and, that Adal and the others that were on Outland, those guys were from the Shatari, which was a different branch of the Naru yeah. that arrived later. So they weren't showed up later. Present. Yeah, yeah. We don't. So the only ones the Shatari were yeah. not summoned to this Draenor, to our knowledge. Yeah. So they could all be out in that universe or whatever. Um, so also we know that there's See, version another of... another Adal out there? Ooh. And there could be another Zira out there. Ooh. Because she didn't show up either. We've now seen that that timeline has lasted at least 30 years. It yeah. hasn't been folded into ours. No. So, well, it can't. Well, we, yeah, we think we don't, it can't. We don't know. We have no idea. But th- all that stuff is still going on, which means all their Narus might still exist. Because... Their Naru aren't like we know that demons supposedly only exist in the Twisting Nether and exist across all realities. We have never heard that for Naru. We've never heard that for the Light. So until we hear differently, and we know that they have different Naru. You know, we've seen it. They have different Naru that we than we have. Um, we we killed our you know Kure exists in our reality. We killed Kure in that world when he turned into a, a void being. You know, he turned into Decimatus, and we killed him. Oh, so there's again. yeah yeah so. Their career, our career is still alive. Their career is dead. Obviously, it's a different being. So there's like, what's going on with the light and with the Naru on that world? Like, we, we have very little idea. And we have less idea about... Should we just talk about what we know? Like, what's actually happening? Yeah, yeah we, 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 just talk we put that. out the spoiler warnings. Well, we've already warnings. given the spoilers, yeah. We, so we I put think out the time. spoiler warnings. So on you can talk world, about whatever. Go for it. On that world, the, the Maghar claim that they're being pushed to, in, to extinction by the Draenei. That the Draenei are oppressing them. That um, after years of trying to work together, like after the, uh, the Legion was defeated, for years the, uh, the orcs and the Draenei tried to work together. But the Draenei have become more and more tyrannical as time has passed because they have the, they're trying to basically convert everyone to light worship and away from like, say that the Maghar worship of various spirits. No one shamanism. expects to deny Inquisition. And, uh, as part of the scenario that you go through to recruit the Maghar, you go and confront, um, an exarch, not the, you were told about the high exarch who is ruling the, 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 the Draenei. The can, I high just, Arch- can I just interject here? I want, I want to read the text. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, this is now, Keep in mind, again, we're going to preface this. Number one, spoilers, yes. We already warned you about that. Number two, this is all data mine material, so it's material that may or may not make it to the live version of the game. So take everything that's being read here with a grain of salt, because text can change very, very easily. However, the Lightbound are talking about attacking, and they're talking about like their origins and that kind of thing. Um, and it says... Uh, it is time you explained who these lightbound are, Overlord. I suppose you've earned that much. After Archimonde's fall, the orcs and the Draenei worked together to drive the Legion from Draenor. Those were good years. But without demons to fight, the Draenei became fixated upon their precious light. Their Naru masters compelled them to spread their influence among the orcs. A few converted willingly. Others had the light forced upon them. Some orcs even sided with the Draenei against their kin. Even the war chief's own son was lost. We call these traitors light-bound. I will not stand by while the High Exarch crusades against Maghar freedom. The tyranny of the light must be ended. See, I've, I've said this from the beginning and I'll say it again. This is from the Maghar perspective. Yes. This the is Maghar, not from the Draenei perspective. 
This is the Maghar on a world where the orcs were the willing Iron Horde. And all these orcs are either descended from or fought in the Iron Horde. Every single one of them. Because remember, nobody stayed out of the Iron Horde except for like one clan. That was Duraton's people, again, because Duraton keeps doing this stuff. And even he was kind of like on the edge. He didn't know for sure until Thrall showed up and was all, I'm not, I'm not going to admit I'm your son, but come on, come on. And keep uh, in mind that there are uh, lightbound battle cries, and the lightbound battle cries that have been data mined are all, we've come to save you from your savagery, heed the light, high exarch's visions, you have ruined this land, it's not too late to save it, we can save Draenor together, join us in the light, brothers and sisters, the time of Gromosh has passed, embrace a new future, the light saved us, it can save you too, the high exarch only wishes the best for us all. Now um, that all could be, absolutely that could be, a problem. It could be exactly as the Magkar are presenting it, or it could be different. We don't know. They they said the light was forced on people. For all we know, that's true because we know Zera was about to force the light yeah. on Illidan. Yeah. But we don't know. We have not actually seen it from another perspective yet. And there so, are there are like other other battle text things that are in here which cease this pointless defiance maghar stand down and welcome the light retreat while you still can you will not force your doctrines upon us Draenei. high exarch orders you to submit or face judgment enough talk let let us be judged upon the field of battle and then it says uh the naru offer us peace and order you mean subjugation give up your hate the light can heal the scars of war our scars are not yours to take that sounds like illidan yeah <laughs> obviously yeah yeah this once fertile land is now lifeless dust that's what your hate has done your high exarch cannot save you my people will never stop fighting until dranor is free it, it's there's something going on here and we've got one side of it and the other side could be read as two different things uh one of those things is that Urel and the rest of yeah, the Yeah, Urel is the High Exarch, by the way. We should just point that out. Yeah, she's Urel, the High Exarch. Urel is the High Exarch. Uh, I mean, we, we, we got her, too, there from her, you know, humble beginnings in Warlords. We watched her progress all the way through all of this. But here's the deal. In Velen's absence and lacking Velen's guidance, all they have to go on is what he left behind. One of the things that he left behind was... The Naru that he put the entirety of himself into in order to kind of save the world. We don't know if Kara is a Naru Prime or just a Naru. We don't know if she's light forging people or if she's just trying to call people to the light and the Maghar are having none of it. Now, I can't really blame the Maghar for not wanting to have anything of it because the last time somebody showed up and said, hey, you should totally buy into this cool thing that um, I've been told about. It's going to give us a lot of power. It'll make us feel lots better. It's called the Fell. We know how that went down, and it did not go down well. So they're understandably wary of any of this. What we don't know, because you can't really read it. You could read it both ways here. You could read it as... The Draenei are striking from a place of zealotry, like malevolent zealotry, akin to something that you see like, oh, I don't know, the Scarlet Crusade, if we want to go there. Or they are trying to extend their hands and the Maghar are freaking out and going, no, we don't want it. Can we just, like, neither one of these sides seems to want to just coexist. And the Maghar are saying that the, what are they called, the Lightborn? Lightbound. Lightbound. Okay, they're saying that these lightbound are basically Draenei that are focused on subjugating the Maghar, like they want their servitude. But the text that we're reading here doesn't necessarily lead into, hey, servitude. It leads more into, hey, the light's really cool. Would you like to be part of it? Yeah, you could read it both ways. One of the things I took away from it the first time I read it was, yeah, uh, a, you know, Orcs have never been good at admitting when they were wrong. Ever. Oh, never. <laughs> uh, and Except for maybe Thrall, but even then, uh, it takes a while for him to get there. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> let's be honest. Everything they're saying about the, the orcs, about the world being like turning into dust, that's mirrored in our Draenor. If you look at what happened to Draenor after the orcs slaughtered all the Just Draenei. Just look at, look at Outland. Go to yeah. Outland. Take a good that's, look around. Anywhere but, is, anywhere but in a grand. Take a good look around. That's now, what the orcs got the world. Imagine you're a Draenei from this world. You're one of these Draenei. 30 years ago, 
a bunch of people, including Draenei, came through a portal and came. So, like, we're going to help you guys out. We're going to save you from the Iron Horde. And one of them was Marad. And Marad didn't understand or think even remotely, would it be dangerous for me to tell them stories of what I experienced? No. <laughs> no. He didn't hold back at all. He was telling everybody he could. You know, the orcs are dangerous. This is a guy, he had a grudge, and he was, like, up front with it. Who was he close to? Urel. Yep. Who did he die saving? Urel. Urel. Yeah. Who picked up Who did Velen die saving? Who was standing right there? Urel witnessed all of this. She witnessed these moments of intense sacrifice. And that means that she's thinking, she's standing there thinking, it's all on me now. And I can't let that happen to my people. I can't let what happened to his people happen to my people. Like maybe she is off kilter and she's trying to conquer the world via the light or whatever. But if she is, maybe she's doing it because she's seen what would happen with the orcs in charge. Here's and that's why thing. she's saying things like, look at what you've done. Look at this planet. It's, it's turning to dust. For that matter, we don't even know the state of alternate Draenor. No. Like, did it recover after that huge fell thing? Um, I don't know. I haven't gotten to the point where I can actually do this scenario myself. It is unlocked in beta. You can go experience it, but you have to do stuff to do it. And I haven't gotten around to doing the stuff to do it just yet. Because um, I've been embroiled in both Sandalar and Colterian exploits. Um, regardless, a lot of people are upset about data mine material, which, again, data mine material is almost not worth getting too upset over concerned is okay when you get to the point where you're screaming bloody murder about it you guys you don't need to scream bloody murder it's okay um this is stuff that might not make it to the game and if you express your concern in a way that isn't screaming bloody murder then sometimes things change um let's look at oh i don't know urel's origins in the original warlords beta a lot of people saw what was going on with that and said uh and it was changed before it made it to live Um, We're not going to go into that too much. What we are going to go into is what is being presented here. There are several different ways that you can read the dialogue that's being presented here. And one of them is that Urel has done gone evil. And you could read it that way if you bought into everything that the Magkar were saying 100% and didn't look at it from the perspective of, ah, I am viewing this through the Magkar filter because if you are viewing it through the Maghar filter, it's going to look pretty... The evidence is pretty damning, right? If you take a step back and go, okay, I'm looking at this from their side, but there are two sides to every story, and you start looking at it from that neutral perspective, it looks like either there's a big misunderstanding going on here, or the Maghar are understandably concerned because they've just gone through this thing with the Burning Legion and the Fell and everything else, so nothing looks trustworthy to them. So, the Draenei could be a malevolent force. They could be the version of the Lightforged, what the Lightforged would have been had Zira turned them all into... I think what's coloring this too is that weird moment with Zira and Illidan, honestly. Yeah, and that's on purpose. That's They're, they're deliberately evoking it's it. A, it's a very language. good piece of writing. Like, that, that whole cinematic where uh, Illidan is telling off Zira and saying, I don't want your present. Yeah, that was such a good, good, good cinematic. Um, and I think that our perspective of that cinematic is also coloring this experience a little bit. Um, I do want to go through beta, and I want to play through it and see how it actually plays out. But again, what you have to look at here is that we aren't seeing this from the Draenei perspective. We're seeing this as Horde players playing through with a bunch of orcs. So, yeah, all this stuff is going to be like, oh, they're the bad guys. Yeah, that's what we've been doing this entire time in World of Warcraft. Play through South Barons. Play through South Barons on Horde, and you will think that the Alliance are the worst things to have ever happened. That they should have been wiped out ages and ages ago. Play through South Barons on Alliance side, and you will say the exact same thing about the Horde. And the thing is, is it's justifiable in either scenario to say those things but neither one is true and unless you view both of them that's when you start to get the full picture of what the heck is going on here and I feel like this scenario in particular is kind of the same thing but it does raise some interesting questions because I mean where was Urel left when we left her 
who has she become in those 30 years and who is Kara like who is Kara is that a Naru Prime is that a regular Naru that was just you know a navigation device or did she called them did she call the others like did, did she, she call summon the them? others is there a zero on Draenor somewhere <laughs> like what's going on and, and Joe you've been really quiet and we've been talking a lot so I want to hear your thoughts on all of this too no I mean you pretty much covered everything that I would really kind of be near saying like it's it's one of those things where I there's so much to uncover or unpack just from a we've seen there and I too want to play through it and see how it plays out because I'm really curious because it could really go either way and like we can see where the zealotry of the light leads you we can see where you know the orcs who again like like Rossi pointed out they they never really admit they're wrong it's like oh we're going to build a city in this big dust bin of a of a land but you you can't survive there well I'll make it happen it's fine you know stuff like that that that's pretty commonplace there so is it is it a scenario where both sides have valid points? Maybe. Um, is it something where maybe Yurel tapped into the wrong Naru to get information from? Also possible. Because one of the other things, like we mentioned earlier, is that we don't know what that universe's Zera is up to, right? What if the Naru that was saved by, you know, Velen put out a beacon? And said, hey, you know, there's a bunch of people here that really believe in the light. And I think they'd be a really great candidate for, you know, our army. And then Zara, the fanatic, shows up or taps in or starts giving information down to him. I could totally see that happening, too. You know, especially somebody like Urel, who's seen all of this tragedy, all of these these problems, all of these these horrors that have happened, you know, in her lifetime. And over the course of 30 years, yeah, that's enough that, I mean, if you have somebody whispering in your ear... Here's the course that you should take to fix everything and fight back and purge everything of of the fell corruption. I mean, hey, look how easily those orcs fell to fell. Like, what if you were to just make them serve us? You know, what if you what if you brought them over here and and show them how nice the light is and keep them you know, you're you're inoculating them against ever falling to fell again. It'll be great. It's fine. Also, Don't worry about it. We're talking about the fell a lot, but remember, the Shadow Moon orcs on that Draenor we were using the power of the dark star. They were using oh, void. void. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it. Now, if Kara was freed from it, like one of the first things that might happen is if she called out to, to Zara after they drove the Legion back and said that on this world, the Legion has been defeated. It's a good place. It's a safe place to, to build a base for, for prosecuting for further conflict. And she got there and found out that they'd been trucking with the void. Yeah. She wouldn't trust them. And she, and Think about it this way, too. We don't know what was going on for 30 years while Yorel tried to deal with Grom. That's, Can you imagine that's trying the other to, like, thing that kind of, yeah. like, sets me off about all of this, too, is that those of us that are, you know, reaching out to the Bankar and trying to bring them in as allies, blah, blah, yada, yada, yeah, we're doing that, but we're also going to the dude who showed up, like, literally did nothing the entirety of the Warlords of Draenor expansion except try to kill us all with the Iron Horde, and then at the last minute had this change of heart, showed up after we defeated Archimonde to throw a triumphant fist bump and expect the rest of the world to respond. Apparently it did because they're all following him now. Are we really going to trust that guy? Well, plus there's like interesting stuff. Are we taking that guy seriously? I don't know how many spoilers we actually want to talk about. Like there's some other spoilers in here, like who, who else is in charge. And we, we mentioned that the, the warlord's son, and we don't know, people are calling him Alt Garage, but we don't know if it's Garage or anything like Garage. We just know it's Grom's son. Grom has a kid. It wouldn't it be Grom's son. son by the. It wouldn't be by the same mother. No, it's because somebody else. Because the same mother died. It's that, somebody that woman else. Died everybody's everybody's calling it like everybody's calling him Garrosh 2.0, but he's not really Garrosh because he's not he's not the son of. Um, oh my gosh, I can't remember Garrosh's mom's name. Not that it matters because she was dead. But yeah. regardless, in this, in this world, she died before she could have him. She, so it's his son with somebody else. Yeah, and this Garrosh. And I'm air quoting here because that's not his name. We don't know what his name is. He went with the Lightborn. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff we don't know. It's very possible that Urel or just light got bound, tired. Excuse me, not the yeah. Lightborn. Yeah, but she might have. Imagine you're Urel and you keep trying to reason with this guy. Like, no, that's not what I said. 
I'm just trying to. We have a blood and honor, Loctar. All right, that's it. I have been talking to you for 30 years. Enough. No, no more. I'm just going to beat you until you understand what I'm saying. Like, you know, you'd want to hit him. I want to hit Grom. Come on. Everybody wants to hit Grom at least once. Uh, I There's possible that they, both sides are kind of screwing around here. And, the, you know, the Makar are going to present themselves in the best possible light. And they probably believe what they're saying. And it might even be true. Like, you know, maybe the the, the light for the light bounder being forced into it. Maybe Yorel has actually become a tyrant. We don't know. Maybe there's, we, we it's know. like a big old, I don't know. There's some sort of cult thing going on there. Well, there was like, there was a lot of stuff when you did Warlords. They go door a lot to of door with pamphlets, you know, ask people to show up to timeshare meetings and things like that. Tell them about the light instead. You know, I mean, it could be really creepy and weird. We don't know, but I don't think it reads that way. I really don't. You know, after giving it like some really close pouring over it, I don't think it reads that way. I think it reads that way because that's what the Maghar are telling us. And there, you know, like I said, it could be very well from the Maghar perspective. This all makes sense, but we'll we'll see. When I, I hope they haven't made Yorel just turn into a you know cartoon supervillain. But it would be interesting if she was doing a lot of the stuff they're saying she's doing. But when you confront her, she's like, well, of course I'm trying to bring them to the light. Did you see what they did? They they made truck with demons and destroyed Tanan. Yeah, they, I'm sorry. They're crazy. Have you ever tried dealing with them? Like, no, I'm I, I'm doing my best here. And look, you can come talk to, you know, Garage-like boy here. He, see, he likes being in the light, you know. I'd like it if it was a little bit more nuanced. Uh, I do get why some people are really mad about this. I'm not going to go into that whole debate, but I understand why some people are really angry and their their feelings are valid. I hope that I hope the story works and ends up being something that they can enjoy too. Uh, but we don't know. I mean, well, it's also something I hope gets revisited beyond just the scenario for the Allied race, right? Like that, it's such a small thing. And while some of the Allied race stuff is has been expansive to get, like they're they're pretty large chunks and they have some really cool stuff. This is one of those that I think is important enough that I'd love to see expansion upon it later on, or have some ramifications from it later on. The only you problem the one... is that if they want to do that, they have to do it in a place where it's relevant, and I'm not sure that Battle for Azeroth is really a space for that to That's, be super relevant. Here's, sure. Here's the thing. That's, I think it might even have been Joe who said this, I don't remember, but somebody on Twitter said the next allied race is going to be light-bound orcs. I may have made a joke that, about that at some yeah. point. And that's not that bad a way to make this relevant. <laughs> Bring the if, orcs to the alliance. Yeah. Light bound orcs. They all stand up straight and they're all glowing. Like, what do we do with this? Wow. I don't even know, man. Wow. I, I, I mean, it will happen, but I mean, it would be a, it, it would be an interesting way. Cause this is, this is one of those things that I've been sort of talking about for years and years and years, which is there are always members of one faction or another that seem more sympathetic or agree with the other side more and I would see siding with the other side more than their own faction, if that makes sense. I mean, we and, saw the Blood Elves waver, like yeah. flat out waver in Mists of Pandaria. Sure, we absolutely did. And I mean, taking it taking it a step further, like look at the just the interactions between before everything went really, really bad. You know, you had Bane and oh god, why can't I think of his name now? Anduin. Anduin, thank you. Wow, I don't know why I blanked on that. Uh, but you have Bane and Anduin who you know, we're so sympathetic to each other's cause. It's like, yeah, you know, there's people that don't agree with what the Alliance are doing. Or, the, yeah, there's people that don't agree with what the Horde's doing. Joe, and it would be an, Joe, it, yes, Joe. Oh, my yes. God. Oh, I just had a flash of insight, you guys. I don't know if I should say <laughs> it. If I say it, it won't happen, but it could happen. Okay. We already know we're talking about spoiler material here. We already gave the spoiler warnings, right? We yeah. did. Okay. Lightbound orcs. Guess who brings them in? Sourfang. Yeah. Because with everything that's going on there, that would make perfect sense to me. Yeah. Anduin would get him to go use his connections. Well, if, or, if Anduin goes to him and says, you know, it's time to reclaim your honor. Here's how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. I There's, could I mean, there see him cer- doing this thing. Oh. There is that certain fact that Sarfang doesn't doesn't stay with the Horde by the end of everything no. that's happening. No. And, and again, you know, we're talking about spoiler material here, guys. We did warn you. We did warn you. Sarfang yeah, has a very big come it's to... It's a pivotal moment, yeah. 
come to the elements moment, if you want to call it that or whatever, uh, when, when the big showdown is going on and he does not want to be part of a horde that Sylvanas is in charge of, which makes perfect sense given what we've seen out of Sylvanas. Mm-hmm. And when well, could have killed him, and when could have killed him, Andwin did not kill him because that is not who Andwin is. And I appreciate Andwin for that. Um, you encounter him once more when you are a horde player. And he says that he thanks you for trying to help him out, but he doesn't really want to go home because that's not home to him anymore. So he's stuck with the Alliance and he's that foot in the door that could be used if they wanted to bring in lightbound orcs. So now, now comes a question here from me to you guys. Yeah. And I don't do this often. But so we have that door there with Sarfang. We have that whole setup there. What would you see would be the trade-off? Because as we've, we've learned, there's never not a trade-off between races when, when one's introduced one way or another. So if all of a sudden the Alliance got access to light-bound orcs, who... Or what would you like to see swing to the Horde side? Twilight's hammer humans. Yeah. No. I don't know if the Horde would want anything to do with them. They wouldn't have before. Mm, but they might now. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, that's a terrible thought. Either that yes. or Eridar. Yeah, or Eridar. In if... fact, Eridar's another thing. Why do I sound like this? Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened to my throat there. Yeah, apparently I was turning into an Eridar. Yes, yes. <laughs> like you're just channeling the demon within. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, seriously, Eridar or Twilight Tamer humans. I just said Twilight Tamer humans because human orc is a pretty good swap. But if you wanted to finally give the Eridar to the Horde, because people have been talking about that for mm-hmm. years. This would be a good um, impetus for that. Or for that matter, if if we've got the lightbound, you know, doing light boundy things and they're you know, making people into... there, There are no... There's no uh, broken on AU Draenor. No. But there are on Argus. Yep. Mm. And they're very bitter at Velen. I I would kill for an opportunity to play as a broken. I'm not even going to lie. The ones on on Argus don't like Velen. They're very angry at him. And the Horde was just as instrumental in defeating, uh, you know, Sargeras as the Alliance were, so I could totally see them potentially swinging that way as well. Yeah. There's some good options here. At least to me, there's some very good options to sort of, I don't want to say race trade between the factions, but for the doors are starting to be opened a and, little bit. And keep in mind that what we've seen so far out of like various allied races, we haven't seen anything suggest that any of these other things are going to be available. However... Blizzard's been pretty open when talking about Battle for Azeroth and when talking about allied races in particular that this kind of gives them a, a, an open door to where they can bring more in if they think it's cool or if it fits the story, that kind of thing. So, you know, we might... I Don't take this as a guarantee that we're going to see like light-bound orcs in the Alliance or anything like that. It's just a distinct possibility we're seeing the pathways that they could take is what it yeah, is. Yeah, that door has been opened and it's just sort of sitting there. Whether or not they go through it, I eh, don't know. But it's there if they want to take it. Um, however, we are running over time here, so we should probably wrap things up. I told you we weren't going to get to the other emails. We were just going to talk about this. Okay, that's all right. We'll carry the emails over to next time. Um, I, if you have any emails or for the show with uh, questions or anything like that, um, Battle for Azeroth, you can go ahead and ask us about Battle for Azeroth. Whether or not we address it is kind of up in the air and up to my discretion. Although I'm not really, you know, opposed to talking about Battle for Azeroth in particular. Uh, the beta is out. We've all been playing it we're kind of aware of what's going on on there as long as you guys don't mind getting, you know, spoiler warning episodes, we're cool with it. Anyway, so email for the show. If you have one, send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and be sure to put lore watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this show. If you're asking about spoilers about anything, just put such and such spoilers in the subject line as well so we know where this is headed. Um, We appreciate the heads up. 
If you enjoy the show and everything that we do, consider checking out Audible. They're offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They offer a variety of Blizzard titles, including the soon-to-be-released novel, Before the Storm. That comes out next month. It's by Christy Golden, and it will be available in audiobook format. Bonus, if you sign up for your free 30-day trial, you can use that free audiobook download to pre-order the book and get it the day it's released. Hey, sounds pretty cool, right? How can you do it? Go to blizzardwatch.com slash audible and sign right up there. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Final thoughts, you guys, because we did kind of mention, you know, at the top of the show that Zira, Zira's fate, just like Laura's fate, was kind of... um well, they were dustbustered and shoved into a forge. Do you think we're going to see either one of those two again in any kind of fashion? Or are we done with that portion of the story? What do you guys think? Crossy? If it serves Blizzard's purposes, you know, never say never. I don't think they're focused on that right now. I think they're moving past that piece of the story and into new stuff. I think they probably see the whole Zero thing as part of Illidan's story and that's over. Whereas now they're moving into battle for Azeroth. Um, but I will never say never at this point because, you know, I've been around for 12 years here and I've seen them just do whack stuff whenever they feel like 14 <laughs> years, 14 years. It's been 14 years. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't expect to see it anytime soon. Joe, same question. Not anytime soon, but I really hope we do because... Like, yeah, the story could be done, but I can definitely see how it could intertwine or at least have impact. And I'd like to revisit at some point. Okay. I don't know if we'll ever see it come to pass. If we do see something like that come to pass, I'd love to see what it does to the Vindicar. Because that just sounds like an evil ship in the making and not like evil ship as in these two people would be really good together, but evil ship as in a ship that has a literal ship that has been possessed by an entity. I think that sounds kind of cool and creepy and fun. Don't know if we'll ever see it happen. Probably not anytime soon. Uh, Anyway, thanks you guys so much for listening. And we will see you again in two weeks. 